Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 429's After Show. It's funny that every week I manage to not forget what number we're on. And honestly, as I was just saying it and second guessing myself, I was thinking, man, you, how do I not screw this up more? You also have it in front of you in like multiple oh, places. I wasn't looking at it, but that that would be a good idea. But mid sentence, I'm thinking, what number was this again? What number is this again? <laughs> and I nailed it. You did. Just nailed it. Amazing you are, Terry. <laughs> just absolutely amazing. Uh, all right, all right. I'll pat myself on the back for that one, being able to count for the most part. Uh, real quick, and and this may or may not, we may or may not have a guest that talks about this more in another podcast in the future. If so, we can elaborate on it a little bit more then, and I'm good with that uh, for all for good reason. But this last weekend, what took place here in Milwaukee area, and I think we briefly touched on this uh, coming about, but... It took place this last weekend. Last year it was a, a a full month earlier, and it wasn't related to being a fundraiser. It was just kind of this uh, pop-up event, as a lot of the country would refer to it as. Temporary course is what we'd call it here in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Lots of people call them pop-up events. Either way, this last weekend a fundraiser took place, and it did actually hit not only the local news, but then once it was posted to the local news here in Milwaukee area, and then even the PDGA also put it to their Facebook. Thank, thankful and uh, thank you to the PDGA for doing as much. But this weekend was the Peter Green Fall Fundraiser. Uh, it was a flex start. It had a two-round, 10-hole putter tournament at the Trimborn Farm in Greendale, Wisconsin, which is not far from where... Johnny, uh, Johnny and I. Well, there's a course. There's a course nearby, and not too far from where you used to live. But there's a course nearby on the south side of Milwaukee. Um, but this was completely temporary. It's this beautiful location, and there was uh, vendors, beverages, food trucks, all that kind of stuff. But the event was a fundraiser for Peter Green, um, and I'm just going to read exactly as it's listed here. Uh, because there is still an opportunity to help support and um, and help him out. But it says uh, it's a fundraiser for local golfer Peter Green. All proceeds go to his fight against cancer. On August 25th, 2022, our dear friend Peter Green was diagnosed with stage 4 non-Hodgkin's diffuse large B-cell lymphoma and aggressively spreading cancer of the lymphatic system. The average age of cancer is 64, and Peter is healthy, athletic, just 24 years old. After months of battling severe stomach and chest pain, extreme weight loss, and numerous trips to the ER, a PET scan confirmed our worst fear. Cancer had spread to his lungs and pancreas. Although rapid spreading, most lymphoma can be cured through radiation and chemotherapy. Peter's care team is very optimistic that Peter will be cured of cancer after chemotherapy. And so uh, I'll find it where there's an actual direct link. Oh, here it is uh, on a GoFundMe. I'm going to just put that in the chat 
if anyone's interested, but it's GoFundMe uh, slash Peter. Yeah, Peter Green's fight against cancer. But anyway, local disc golfer. And you may recognize work that Peter's done because he's worked, and there was a post about this from Ledgestone. He's done graphic design work for Ledgestone. He's done uh, a lot of graphic design work within disc golf. So uh, also local to our community. Now, coincidentally or not, uh, Johnny V and I aren't uh, very uh, close or know Peter that well ourselves simply because uh, what, I'm usually gone every weekend, mm-hmm. but to know that he is right here in the Milwaukee area um, makes it even that much more uh, special that we find our support. I know one thing that a number of our pros did when I was at the USDGC and I knew this event was coming up, uh, I had grabbed a bunch of bottom stamped discs from Innova when I was doing some shopping around in there and I grabbed bottom stamps so that the top would be essentially blank and then I had individual pros that I randomly walked up to and had them do a huge autograph uh, so they're the only person on the disc and then I took those discs and donated them to uh, the raffle that was taking place and the silent auction and raffle that they had this last weekend um, I think Cat and Paul and a number of page peers, Calvin Heinberg, I believe, was one of them. Ricky was one of them. So thank you to all of our pros that directly or indirectly knew it. Uh, we're certainly supporting this cause. So I put the link into the chat. And again, the PDGA has shared this. I'm going to be posting it on my Facebook. Uh, if you feel so inclined, it would be great for you guys to uh, support Peter and uh, the obviously the enormous costs that are going to go along with everything when you're fighting this. And this was very similar to what my mother had um, and had ultimately passed away uh, 10 or so years ago. So please go out and support if you can. All right. Um, here in the after show, sometimes it's golf related, sometimes it's not. But reading off the board, I'm going to look for a few of the things that were submitted to us. Uh, first of all, we'll start with last weekend. Last week, we did have a lengthy podcast that did not feature an after show uh we, we were not short on words or time oh. with one brody smith and it was a very i loves to talk very engaging <laughs> and so do we yeah it, we had a lot of subjects and i feel like we covered a ton of them a lot of subjects were covered and it's it's funny because even now th- looking back it didn't feel like a four-hour conversation uh, that we ultimately had with him. But hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I feel like we, we did cover a lot of topics, and uh, it, it was great to have him on. But we, we skipped the after show, which we rarely do, but when we go that long on a uh, on one particular guest, it made sense that we did so. It makes, yeah, and it it's nice to be able to talk to Brody because I think he's one of the, the pros that is much more open about his true thoughts. He He's less mm. guarded than some of our other pros would possibly be because he has, I would say, quote unquote, less to lose, but than than other people because he's got other companies and other irons in the fire. Uh, yeah, and I and I think we kind of even almost danced around that exact topic last week that we're from both a media perspective and from a player perspective, you some people choose not to share as much uh, for fear of some kind of backlash, and if if you don't present yourself in a certain way. You you may sell less tour series discs, and if those are a huge source of your income, you might be hedging your bet accordingly. Now, one 
One could say you're either not being true to yourself or you're selling out or you're just protecting yourself or all of the above. I can totally understand that. There's certain either subjects and or conversations we don't have uh, because, quite frankly, it's not really worth uh, rocking certain boats at certain times. So We have not even begun to address the gray in your beard. <laughs> I, that's true. We haven't. <laughs> it's... There, I, I don't know it's, if I like that there's these just these little patches. I'm I'm excited for it to be all gray. You're you're working towards Doctor Strange right now with I just think, like the. Yeah. I don't know. I hate how my beard's patchy on this side. It, I'm really me too. Yeah, <laughs> same here. Yes, Terry. Someday, someday. You, I literally you shaved before the show because it was looking a little scraggly because I hadn't shaved since like Friday. Nobody would have noticed. Uh, probably not on camera. You would have noticed close up, but not on camera. Because I have to shave. I usually shave about twice a week. I shave Tuesday, usually Tuesday morning, knowing that we've got the podcast. Um, or or two, I did it Tuesday night, and then I'll shave again on like Friday for the weekend. So, yeah, it's you, you clearly look great. I'm. I should. I know. All right, great. Matt asks a very important question, which does lead to a different conversation. But Terry, have you tried the cinnamon French toast from Founders? And I'm telling you, when that was posted, it. That might be a drink I would try. I don't think you'd like it, but I still would like you to try it. It, It is everything that I love, I believe, that I love and would love and will love about barrel or double barrel aged mm. stouts. And Does it taste stouts. like Cinnamon Toast Crunch at all? It, it will be incredibly sweet, I'm guessing. Mm. And you you might like it. I had cinnamon toast crunch for breakfast this morning. Yeah, you actually poured over cinnamon toast. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, if you're not starting your day right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, it's probably, I'm going to guess, like a 13 to 14% alcohol. So it's, it should get me good going in the morning. I mean, that you, kicks me right going. If, if I had to guess, I haven't, I haven't seen one up close. Uh, I uh, A lot of people tagged me when that came out. I said... This looks like a beer for me. At one point when it was on Founders Instagram, I said, yes, everybody keeps tagging me and posting. How is this not in my life yet? Um, And how are you not sponsoring me for disc golf? And Founders wrote me and said, yeah, how are we not? Let's do this. Let's make it happen. So I, it is actually on me. I have to reply back to uh, Founders to see if we can create a collaboration or partnership. Because you guys know. I'm all about their backwoods bastard. And with that, Chris Cobb so graciously and generously mm-hmm. showed up this weekend, not only to help the event, not only to help me, not only to do all the other things he does, but also showed up with a couple of founders four packs of my favorite beverages. Oh, Chris, all, you are all just to be heartbroken in multiple ways and say, I, I have foregone alcohol for the month of November. And so this weekend, I'm not going to lie, it was a little difficult in such a festive, exciting place like Arizona with some amazing people. Uh, I held strong and uh, managed to have zero zero beverages. And I don't have a problem, as all people with problems would say. <laughs> I don't have a problem. That's... I'm not worried about where I'm at. I just thought it, it is time. I have found now too many very, very, very rich, multi mm sweet, delicious, high-octane beverages that I actually enjoy. And I, I, I just thought I'd take myself a little break. 
and I'm doing just fine. 15 days in. Usually you go dry January. Uh, or, or, but, uh, but Terry. Or sober October. I, I randomly just said, you know what? I'm going to take a little break. And I'm not going to lie. It was. Everybody was having a good time this weekend, and I had a great time. I just I did so it without the alcohol. You're doing it felt great. Dry to I'll say yeah. dry December. Well, yeah, I mean I can. If no I never drink had November. Beer the rest of my life, I would not cry about it. I really mm. wouldn't. Um, but I have been finding myself enjoying my 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 founders <laughs> a little too yeah. much lately. Yeah, that's funny. So that I so rarely drink. Like I have. This the one drink I had tonight is probably the only drink I'll have until next Tuesday. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> I'm lying because lately my wife's been making um a drink. You might like it actually. It's it's uh half half a glass of uh ginger beer and then cinnamon schnapps basically. Mm. It's very tasty. Is there a name for this? She calls it she went to a bar, like a, like a theme party with some friends of hers, and there they called it like Mother of Dragon. I think it was like a theme party, so that's why they called it that. It's delicious, and she'll make one for us if we're having, mm. like we're doing board game night with the boy, and he's sitting there drinking water, and we're drinking all, getting all sloshy. Um, but yeah, so that's not true. So I'll probably have two drinks in a, in a particular week. You badass. All right. Uh, Tim says, I don't drink, but that sounds delicious. Yes. I uh, made ice cream float with a stout. That's, uh, I can see that. Uh, DJ B say, says, Terry, come to Phase One Brewing in Lake Zurich. They have a double toasted s'mores stout. It's like drinking s'mores, baby. Intense and super rich. It's 10%. Yeah. One of the places we went was uh, Fate, Faith, Fate, Fate Brewing in in uh, not far from the course, and that's exactly what Chris had was a s'mores, and I can only imagine how delicious that it was. Mm. But uh, all right, yo yo, sugar free says per your spectator <laughs> ticket conversation, a refund in the form of tournament retail sponsor gift, uh, sponsor gift certificate, and a discount to next event would be ideal. Okay, I I I don't count the beans. I'm not a. Uh, I, I don't do the accounting on that. If that checked out, that seems plausible, but yet there's a, to be fair, there's just a lot of things that are out of your control Mm -hmm. and weather and acts of God are usually, usually subject to that clause because there's just no way you can possibly account for that. And I, I don't know how other, other sporting events and activities do it that are outdoors. I, I don't know that. I, I know at a Packer game. It's 50 below or 90, 99 with 99% humidity. Either way, they're playing and they're not refunding a ticket. They also never really get canceled or postponed either. Unless there's lightning and thunder. like insane. So I don't know. But that I think what you do is, you know, assuming if there's no push to a Monday like we were talking about, then what you do is you either offer. Now. It, I think it depends. It it depends on if you know ahead of time that you're canceling and you can send an email to all the ticket holders. At that point, maybe you do a refund. If it's canceled halfway through the day, like, hey, you could have come and watch FPO, but MPO got canceled. No refund. No refund for you. No. Um, that's assuming it's not pushed. If it's pushed to Monday and a day gets canceled, I think at that point, then you start offering... Anyone that has a ticket that on, let's just say, the Friday that it gets canceled, 
you could trade your ticket in as well for the for the Monday event because I can't imagine if something gets pushed into Monday, you're going to have a ton of spectators that you could probably still use that those uh, tickets and say, hey, we'll give you the option for Monday if you're interested, something like that. But it's again, that's we're we're not there yet, but it won't be long before we are. All right. Uh... Danny says, Smashbox is Wisconsin's greatest gift to disc golf. <laughs> yes, I know Barry and Haley are from Wisconsin. Uh, we also have the likes of Adam Hammes. Adam Hammes, but also Tom Jenkins. We have Duster Don Hoffman, who's in the PDJ. Or, sorry, not in the PDJ Hall of Fame. Just the Hall of Fame. The, the Hall Disc of Golf Fame. Hall of Fame. Also the Wisconsin Hall of Fame. We've got John Turlap and Johnny Rumble and Randy Shukar and Brad Went. Yeah, but uh, here's... Those guys are all great, but yep. every state has those guys. Uh, yeah. You know, you could go to probably, uh, well, yeah, I know, you, you know, California to, and they've Indiana, got, California. They, they, they've, to- they've got TDs that have been TDing events for 15 years. Like to me, those, those guys are integral to our local tour and, mm-hmm. and, and to the Wisconsin scene. But if he's talking about things that have come from Wisconsin nationally that are big, like Randy Shukar wouldn't be on that list. Eh, He's internationally uh, providing (laughs) discs to people. He he is. Platypus discs. Some of my my favorite early stamps were platypus ones. Um, But in general, like, yeah, your your Barry's, your Adam Hammes, your Haley's, like, those are, those are big names now. Your Terry Miller's. Johnsonville. Is really John, that mean, is Wisconsin. Brought. So Johnsonville, uh, but thank you, Danny. We appreciate it. Wisconsin is the Ray says Wisconsin is the drunkest state in the country by a large margin. Unfortunately, you are absolutely right. But, and and so? I've said this before. <laughs> um, it's funny how much it's it's just naturally ingrained into our community and our upbringing mm-hmm. and our our lifestyle and our culture here. It's not till you travel to many other states where you're like, oh, there's there's not. Like in a town of 300 people, which we have some small towns, of course, uh, you don't still have four bars <laughs> or whatever the case might be. Uh, yes, it's unfortunately it is. It is very much uh, part of our culture here. And and we've said it before. It's not a uh, integral part of Johnny and I's life or lifestyle as much as we may indulge once in a while. It's not it's not crucial to us. Uh, I'm working on that. Dan though. says you have to take a recess at cold Turkey. Dan, I don't, I'm, I'm going to try not to, if I got through this last weekend without any, I, I think I have to hold true, uh, even through next weekend, even though it'll be near the end of the month. Are you going all November. Is that your uh, that's goal? That's the plan. That, that's, that's your, I feel like I'd be cheating myself if I, if I, uh, stop after I run in a tournament next weekend, although it will be November 27th. <laughs> Did I say four weeks or did I say November? <laughs> I, I don't know, Terry. I don't anyway, know. Anyway, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, when <laughs> Tim says, uh, once you get drunk and end up talking to Tyler Brickley in bed, good idea to do a dry out month. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, they call it rain or shine policy. Okay, talking more about that. Uh, Johnny, can you bring me some GG or Terry? Can you bring me some GG jerky to Thailand? Of all the things I want to pack, I mean, maybe I could bring a bag, but I'm I'm not overpacking uh, double G jerky and bringing it to. I'm not going to pack a ton. So, 
it, it, this made me think of it. My <laughs> wife ordered some advent calendars for the holidays for December. Yep. yep. Some, and these are happen to be Reese's themed ones. So maybe a little Reese's cup, a couple of like three or four Reese's pieces. They were delivered. Mm-hmm. I, I saw them on my little Google camera. They dropped them off around the front porch. I come home, look at the table, see some wrappers, chewed all up. The squirrels in our neighborhood sniffed them out, grabbed my wife's like, I found it in the middle of the front yard that it was chewed through hat, like a corner of it. And they took like, I would say three or four days worth of advent. (laughs) So the, the the squirrels in my neighborhood are a little bit more, uh, are a little, little ahead of the schedule. Wow. They went and chewed through the Amazon bag. It threw the plastic that was around the Reese's into the advent calendar for some peanut butter and chocolate, my friend. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I would, I would too, but I'm, I'm a little bitter they got to before me wow yeah because i looked at it i was like really and she's like yeah the squirrels got to it because we have a, a, quite a few trees and a lot of squirrels in fact we saw a, a big doe right up front you would have been to shoot it out yeah <laughs> you know uh, it's almost hunting season for some people um but yeah there's a big doe in front of our house just yesterday or the day before but yeah so the squirrels got our advent calendars i'm my wife was very disappointed <laughs> i'd say so uh, Galactic Conqueror says, a little bummed, it's your boy, Sapupayu, retiring, happy for him, but bummed he won't be around. Uh, yeah, we talked about that earlier in the regular mm-hmm. show, but yeah, Seppo, um, you know, taking a step back from competitive uh, tournament disc golf, but sounds like he's still going to go out and play. How uh, about how, how about a Menards, Kohler, Miller, Johnsonville-sponsored Wisconsin State Championship? You got to get Culver's in there. Got to get Culver's. Culver's in is, you know, right here in Wisconsin. That's where Sauk uh, City, right outside yep, of Madison. Yep. So Culver's would have to be included in there as that's making its way around the country. Uh, can we get Harley Davidson on board in some capacity? Was that Pro- mentioned? Probably could. Got to get Harley Davidson. I think Masterlock is actually headquartered out of here. They are. So is Generac, the big generator company. Mm-hmm. One of our good friends worked there. Kohl's department stores. Kohl's department we get store. them on board. And then, uh, I don't know, we got a little bit of beer around here. All right. Uh, yes, that'd be great. We'd take any and all of them. Uh, Ray says, no offense to Grant and Juliana, but I got to ask if there's anyone who watched the FPO New World Championship live on DGN, were they able to stay engaged and enjoy it? I I mean, it was a close battle. You said that uh, we know that Maria won by two. Mm-hmm. Deanne Carey's coming off of a win from a previous not too long ago. Uh, down south, I we didn't watch it. I was filming and or helping with stuff throughout the entire weekend, so I didn't watch any of the golf at all. I think, but the, I think the comment is based on the commentary. Um, G- Grant and Juliana together, there wasn't a lot of excitement. There wasn't because both of them are very. Well, they're not stupid and silly like me. Well, the, the, <laughs> so I could see them being a little more professional and subdued. The, if that's, the, if the, we're using those phrases, that's the phrase I would use. They were very professional and subdued. I yeah, think I could see it, that. it was. There wasn't a lot of ups and downs in the commentary. And granted, I watched one day for FPO. I only watched the first day, and only it was some of it. So I don't know how the rest of the days went. The MPO, I checked in on the second day. Didn't get a chance to check in for FPO. Didn't watch anything the final day. But when I did listen, I did notice. I was like, I don't know if these, if I like Grant, he's done really good things uh, with the 
with the Pro Tour in the past, and I like Juliana. I just don't know if those two together are the mm-hmm. right combo because there isn't a lot of um, variation and excitement. You don't hear uh, Juliana get really Losing excited, her shit, ripping her yeah. headphones off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and, Gr- and Grant is very calm, and his he, he's got the, the the deeper gravelly voice, and he's just very much a professional. And I yeah. think that there's a little bit of a lack of excitement in their commentary when the two of them are together. I think separately, great together, maybe not the best. Mm. But again, this is why we have silver events and this is why you get to try things. And maybe I'm wrong and maybe he's wrong and a lot of people liked him. I don't know. Again, I only watched a little bit. Maybe sure. maybe maybe they were hooting and hollering on the last two days and I don't know. Or or and and to be fair, and, and you may what you may be saying you didn't care for as much uh in that is that maybe tons of other people that were tuned in yeah, loved the style, and again, I, I can't I speak know. to any of it. Uh, the, I I don't know for a fact, but yeah, clearly they're very professional. No one and, said put it on your face. Yeah, no one said put it on your face. Uh, wow, and and let me just throw this out there, and this is can also be said of uh, Brian Earhart and any silver event commentary. Well, not any, but most of it this year, I think. A lot of it has been done. Almost all of it. Has been done with remote booths, and they were where the people are not together. And I cannot stress enough that I hope I am never in that scenario. Only because I think it 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 doesn't give you a strike against you or your team. It it just gives you at a slight disadvantage. Mm -hmm. I we have talked about this extensively throughout the years. Being next to like just being next to the person that you're doing commentary with, especially commentary podcasts, maybe not as much, but commentary, there are a lot of nonverbals and there's, there's so much about that flow that just comes more natural when you're physically sitting next to. So they don't, they don't have that advantage. None of the silver events have had that advantage. And I don't think those two particularly have worked together before in the past either. Yeah. So, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying yay or nay or an excuse. This because, or that, but because if you and they Doss, had that disadvantage. if you and Doss were too remote area, I think it would maybe work a little better because you have a, a uh, longstanding history, a history together and you maybe know each other's, actions and the tone nuances, of your voice and the nuances yeah. i believe that it's obviously a lot tougher with two people that don't know each other yeah aren't aren't quite as uh yeah and haven't worked together as intimately yeah. and as often together so yeah um so if you said they were a, a little bit quiet it was a dry, reserved, it was a little dry. dude I, I could see that which is again maybe maybe that's what a lot of people want. No one said put it on your face. Yeah. So. That, that, are you really commentating if you're not telling, uh, talking about a tree doing something, something intimate to you, or <laughs> put it on your face? I mean, are you really doing commentary? You're, you're, you're definitely not. Title Terry. disc Ray uh, says Sarah Hokum did her goat impression while waiting to tee off mid first round to keep us glued to FPL. I, that that would be worth seeing. I have not seen that, so I, I should look for that. Uh, undercover off duty. I'm not sure if that's if that someone that snuck into. I think he's got a different login, but that snuck into the cold turkey today. Uh, but somebody writes an old Boy Scout camp in Janesville, Wisconsin, was sold to the county this week. Has 170 acres, great potential for disc golf. I'd say so. There's already two courses in that area, but 170 acres that's probably been partially or fully developed, and or maybe has cabins and paths and 
lots of nature. Yeah. Uh, if you know somebody who knows somebody that needs me to go check that out and maybe help with the design, I'd love to. Um, yeah. uh, Does the rise of discuss popularity due to the changing nature of business in the U.S.? Younger tech slash internet execs do not ball golf as much. I don't think that has much. I think the the decline in ball golf doesn't necessarily have a lot to do with the um, incline of disc golf, particularly. Um, the, just because younger tech people and executives, people like myself, you know, I'm I'm kind of right in that middle zone. I feel like we're there are some people my age and a little older that do still do the golf outings and whatnot. That was never my thing. Cause I was into disc golf. I don't think the two are necessarily tied together, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, there's a, there's a direct relationship there. We, but however, we continue to see disc golf and it's pop or I'm sorry, golf and it's popularity decline uh, along with courses that are, continually being shut down or closing or going bankrupt or all of the above for whatever reasons, uh, you know, maybe providing more opportunities for, for disc golf. But yeah, I'm not sure that though what you're saying correlates. Uh, Ray had said, how about them Packers? No one expected the W against the Cowboys. I did. But Johnny did. I did. Honestly, some uh, last week before the game, some friends of, of mine, um, we're texting during the game saying how much the Packers are, how bad they are and how many more games we were going to win this and that. And I, I said in the chat, uh, I can bring up the text right here that the Packers were going to get two more wins this year. One was against the, uh, one was going to be against the Cowboys because of Mike McCarthy. And I figured him coming back to Lambeau, the Packers would somehow find a way to pull it out and wreck his day. And the other is going to be against the Bears later in the season because we just always beat the Bears. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't know if we'll win another game. Hmm. <laughs> We're just not a great team. Uh, we finally had a wide receiver that showed up in Christian Watson. And it even took him a while because after the first, I think, two or three passes to him, he dropped two balls that hit him right in the hands where I just kind of shook my head and said, all right, well, maybe this isn't the guy everyone thought he was. <laughs> Uh, but then he went on to score three touchdowns in the game. So we'll see. I don't. I still don't think we're a great team. I think that we're just a, a mediocre team at best that's pretending to try to be a good team. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs, and I would be surprised if we win two more games. So, But maybe we will. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll turn it around, and we'll just barely miss the playoffs, and we'll have a mediocre yeah, draft pick, and, say, yeah. and it's not going to be it worth like it. like all for nothing. So, and then, yeah, a then waste. it's all for nothing. Complete waste. Uh, pocket. G73 says, is there a disc limit for the DGPT? Can a caddy carry two bags or a bag in a cart or a player have a bag and also the caddy? And the answer is there is no limit in PDGA slash DGPT or anywhere within the rules. There is no limit to the current amount of disc you could carry, I'll say in competition or carry onto the course. I, <laughs> you got me. Just reading that got me thinking about Stevie Rico and Dave Felberg. Felberg. And, and, and yeah, their their sheer quantity, but how hilarious it could be. And I feel like that should be some kind of YouTube skit of somebody legitimately 
a, a wagon full or just some <laughs> absurd number. I don't know why you would do it, I guess. But, yeah, if if you wanted to carry a bag and you crammed 36 discs in this bag and then your caddy was, was carrying a bag and it had 42 discs in it and then was pulling behind, shout out to Zuka, pulling behind a Zuka cart with another 30 discs in it with saddlebags and the putter pouch or whatever they call all those things, 100% legal. Many as you want. I just remember... Rico had like a custom bag he had me with like big pocket like giant yeah, it, it looked like two grip bags on his back or something it was kind of ridiculous yeah so many discs but no there is there's currently no limit i don't think we're going to get to a point where there's no reason yeah where honestly we, i mean carry as many as you want you're the one that has to carry them exactly you and or your caddy um a lot heavier than carrying golf balls around so yeah uh, no limits. And Dan says, Terry, Nate, and Val together in Bend with Brian Earhart on the course is my preferred watch when it comes to the commentating. Uh, Thanks, Dan. Who was it that said? Is that Ray? Yeah, Ray says, Lone Star teased another major player signing besides Nico, probably after the new year. Well, last week, what? What? what let's the, repeat your prediction. Just so you can sound smarter if it happens. If it happens, I don't know. Um, last week, Tuesday, a day before the announcement, I had heard. Timestamp that, biatch. Timestamp it. I had heard that Nico and Cat were both signing to Lone Star. Cat Merch. Cat Merch, not Cat Allen. Cat Merch. Other. Um, we're both going to sign. And obviously, we heard. We heard. We saw the Nico. I, I honestly, it, it wouldn't shock me to see Cat do it. But I can't say for sure. For sure, um, and in general, most of these contracts go through the end of the year. So if you are on a single year contract, you have to wait anyway. Maybe we'll see cat merch. Maybe we won't. Maybe they have a different MPO or FPO player lined up. Um, who knows? But that is what I had read last week on one of the boards that I participate in. So that is kind of the, that, that was, that was the rumor going around. So we'll see if it pans out. Okay. We've got a lot of time. There's yeah, a, I mean, and yet it could be hundreds of other players, it, but you, you're, you're currently it, calling and, and thinking it's camera. Look at it this way. 50% gets me to the hall of fame in baseball. You know, you're okay. batting 500. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm right with one and wrong with the other, <laughs> yeah. we, we don't put those with all the other things I've been wrong about. No. We're just focusing on this. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, Ray says, do you think Clash Dis benefited from their six-month partnership with Nico? They definitely got a lot of attention from him. Yeah, whether it was him or just, I think, uh, good commercials. Uh, yeah, advertising on the Pro Tour. Cool definitely. Daddy Slickbree is working with them. He, yeah. he knows what he's doing. Yeah, so... Good, bad attention, uh, you know, you know, what do they say? Um, any news is good news or any press is good press. Yeah, could I mean, you could have either agreed or disagreed with their stances. That, I'm sure, earned some fans. It probably chased away some others. I mean, it was a no-win situation, really, at that point. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what they gave them. I mean, did they give them, you know, 20 grand and, and 20,000 discs or... 5,000 discs and 20 grand, or did they give him, you know, 300 discs for the year? I, I have no idea what their relationship looked like, so I'd have to know that to know if whatever attention he, he garnered was worthwhile. Uh, 
Good morning, Smashies. Hannah Macbeth chimes in, coming in from the East Coast out there in Florida. Yeah, it's after midnight out there, Hannah. What are you doing up so late, Hannah? Yeah, Hannah, go to bed and stuff. Uh, Do you think the wraparound tour contracts ending dates need to change? No. Now... I don't think the two I mean, necessarily you, relate. Yeah, if you if you're playing in a silver event this weekend and you you know you're still switching sponsors come January one because your contract's up on twelve thirty one, and you're playing in a silver event, you still know your old plastic. I no, I I don't think they they necessarily correlate or need to. According to DGN on Tour documentary, Hannah, you are a Disc Golf Network insider. Yes, that was the title she was given. I think that's what I was also given when I was Hmm. shown on screen as a network insider. Um, Well, I mean, what what would I mean? What would you call me? Probably media personality, like Disc Golf media personality. Insider sounds more insightful. Insider sounds almost like almost almost like a mischievous or a negative connotation, but maybe not. Like it, like secretive. Like he's the he's an insider, and everybody else is an outsider. Guy who knows some shit. Yeah, <laughs> occasionally, sometimes, <laughs> once in a while. Uh, yeah, I, I saw. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, because I'm thinking of the uh, flamingo shirt I was wearing in some of that docu series, it makes me think that it hit me today, and maybe I'm calling out Tim or other artist. I often struggle with getting Disc Golf Guy merchandise. I think I need a stamp that I, I've been wearing a lot of floral patterns for the last few years. and Like or, wallpaper? Yeah, and or um, some obscure animals. Like I think I have one with a stingray. I have a, like a stingray or swordfish type shirt that I wear often right now. I've got some flamingo shirts, multiple flamingo shirts, which doesn't feel like me. Anyway... I think that needs to be one of my next hmm. stamps. One of the patterns. What are those patterns called where they look this like they, they, they intertwine like yeah. the MC Escher kind of thing? I don't know exactly what this they're called. There is a, there that, is a fancy in for it because I literally watched a guy like, the other day make a, a, a wood. Um, uh, let's see who chimes in with it. Patterns that uh, fit together. Gosh. Tessellation. I, tessellation. Is that it? Tiling and tessellations. I just typed in Escher repeating patterns. There are three types. What are the three types, though, of tessellations? The, the, Triangles, squares, and hexagons? No. I'm just thinking of, like, yeah, any kind he showed, of... He actually know. showed how to make it as well, which was kind of cool, how you can do it with almost any shape. Really? Yeah, because you basically take a square, and anything you cut out on one side, you just add to the other side. Oh. And then you can do that in all sorts of different ways and whatnot. And, and his goal was to make like this really cool cutting board. So, well, we're officially getting trolled by now. Paul McBeth. He's a, is that he, Silent Bob? Yeah, he says he tuned into Smashbox and he sees uh, Silent Bob sitting next to you, I, as in me. I went to go see Silent Bob just the other day. Now, the, for Clerks Three, for Clerks Three, the right. the convenience tour, and um, it, I mean. It's not cinema. It's a movie. <laughs> if if you like my age, I watched the first Clerks movie when I was like sixteen. We rented yep. it. We literally rented it from a blockbuster. Walked in, saw this black and white show called Clerks. I think it was in like the new releases area. We thought, hey, we'll rent it. We'll see what it is. It was on VHS. That's mm. how old it is. Um, a bunch of us watched it. Thought it was hilarious. Then we got did the whole Mall Rats, and we kind of just followed Kevin Smith 
movies for a, a couple of years. And they were, you know, juvenile and funny for people our age. And so when Clerks 3 came out, a buddy of mine was like, hey, Kevin Smith is coming into town and he's going to do a presentation, do a little Q&A. Would you like to go? So myself and my wife went with him and his wife. And it was it was cute. It was funny. It was a good it was a good show. I mean, again, it's a very nostalgia tour is what it basically could have been like. Hey, remember, remember when you were younger? Because the movie Clerks 3 is about him kind of or the characters making a making a movie that more or less is clerks okay so it's very much and they got a lot of the same actors from back you know in the early 90s and it was good it was a fun thing but yeah so i was literally looking i was 120 feet away from silent bob for (laughs) for a few uh for a few hours uh when i was on the unstable discourse podcast a few weeks ago and i think i might have shared this with you i felt like uh sean's brother Sean Callahan's brother very much. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can pull up a picture. Very much uh, had a uh, Kevin Smith clerks kind of look to him. And now I'm trying to look for the picture. Yeah, I think he looks more like him than I do. And maybe it's because he's wearing the the sweater and kind of has the overall mm-hmm. look. But anyway, a little bit. <laughs> All right. Okay. Paul, Hannah, go back to bed instead of trolling us, you jerks. <laughs> <laughs> trolling during our live uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, what else? Wilson James says, I was told by a reliable source that mm. Disc Golf Network won't be around for much longer. You need to check your sources. I would, I would definitely check your Fire sources. Your sources. Whoever uh, your source is, drown them in a lake. Um Here's what I'll say about Disc Golf Network. There is a chance that it, it that it isn't necessarily has the same back end that we've always had. It might do a transition. I don't know what the what the process is. I know there's like I said, I think I mentioned this other time. They've got people in charge of looking in the off season at other options other than Vimeo. I don't know if anything's going to come of it. Um Vimeo promised a lot of things that didn't necessarily pan out. Some did, a lot didn't. But I don't know, but will there be a disc golf network? Yes. I, I will unequivocally say yes. There's going to be a disc golf network for the, bet the farm on it. I would bet the farm on it. I don't own a farm, but if you gave me one, I'd bet it. Then it wouldn't be much to lose though. If I gave you one, yeah, it, it would is impactful if it was given to you and then you lost it. It's still my farm. <laughs> you gave it to me. That's true. <laughs> If I give you 20 bucks and then you lose it, it's still 20 bucks you lost. Uh, I agree. I understand. But it's it's uh, it's not as impactful, though, uh, it's given to you. So, yes, there will be a disc golf network. I would not uh, I would not put any weight in whoever your reliable source is. Yes. Unless your reliable source is Jeff Spring. Yeah. Either Jeff Spring or Todd Rainwater. If, if one they of- told you that, if anyone else told you that, they're wrong. Correct. Those are the only two people I would probably believe. In this case. In other case. Anyway. Uh, David Johns calling for the Brats and Cheese Curd Championship. Yeah, taking place here in Wisconsin. That sounds like a great idea to me. Uh, Ray says, yeah, I was going to say, dude, although I'm just a barely a fringe Twitter user, Love now we're now Twitter. a couple weeks in. To the Elon not quite a couple Musk. weeks. We're like a weekend. Is it only? It's it about feels a week. like longer, it right? Does. Probably for him, even longer. Uh, 
we're now what a week into a little more than a week into this uh, Elon Musk Twitter. Is it a debacle at this point? No, not quite. Is that a debacle? I don't think it's quite a debacle. There's. <laughs> uh, How would you describe uh, it? I mean, Give me one word. Debacle. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> because um, it feels ex- like a experiment. debacle thus far. Okay, experiment. Ex- ex- How's the experiment going? Not well. Okay. So that's not a, a, an experiment that's not going bad. You wouldn't classify as a debacle. I don't know if it's quite a debacle yet. We're getting... Okay. He walked into a bad situation. Like... Earlier in the year, it just I, I read a, you walk into a forty-four billion dollar bad situation. Oh my god! Yes, I wish I had those bad situations. Same, fine. same here. So in May, there's something called the upfronts, which is basically where all the advertisers go to sell advertising to Google, Twitter, Facebook, TV shows, stations, all this stuff. Well, because there was so much uncertainty around what's happening with Twitter, normally Twitter apparently gets anywhere from four to 400 to 700 million dollars worth of advertising just from the upfronts they got close to zero this year because no one knew what was happening with twitter because of elon musk so now elon musk was stuck buying it he walks into this place where the advertisers they didn't have any set advertising his policies were very we'll say unsure or open or you want to say a uh he he was very much a freedom of speech. At least that's what it started out with, you know, whatever freedom. of speech. And I think we talked a little bit about this last week with all the different Elon Musk um, names that came up. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and so anyway, so he came in and guess what? There's advertisers are not looking to buy advertising next to things that might not be advantageous. They roll out this blue, <laughs> this blue check mark. And they charge $8 for it, thinking, well, $8 is enough to dissuade people from just buying it for the lulls. Mm -hmm. It's not. (laughs) Did you see the thing about uh, Eli Lilly, the company that makes um, uh, uh, insulin? Mm -mm. Basically, real quick history for those of you that don't know, insulin has been around for a long time. It was sold to a company for a dollar, the rights of it, because the guy who invented it wanted it to be public for everybody. Sure. Well, now there's like one or two companies in the entire um, United States that basically make it. Mm-hmm. And they charge like, oh, some absurd amount, absurd, right? like a thousand dollars for yeah. like a monthly sub- when it really costs about ten dollars to make. Yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, okay. so so that part. Well, there was a there was someone that decided that they were going to make a Twitter account called Eli, Eli Lilly, which is the company that makes it, Eli Lilly Co. Official or something, not the real company, and said, we're giving away insulin for free. <laughs> it tanked the true Eli Lilly's stock price, uh, literally causing them like <laughs> billion dollars. Everybody feels bad for them, right? Everybody feels bad for them. <laughs> A billion dollars. And so now Eli Lilly basically is like, cool. We're pulling all of everything from Twitter. We're not going to have an official account on Twitter. This is not a place where we want to be. And they're not the only ones. There was like one or two other people that were just like making up fake companies and tweeting random crap. Um, There's a really fun thread out there of someone that kind of kept track of all the best trolling that was out there. So it's it, it is it was worthwhile. But yeah, so the advertisers right now, there are people recommending against advertising on Twitter, but yet Twitter has the most engagement they've had in 
in, in yeah, but everyone's here for the train wreck, sure, but car accident, dumpster awesome. fire right now, right? Awesome. If, the if question you, is, will they stick around? Yeah, that's right. If you get them in the door, if you have the people, will they stick around as a platform? If your platform is good, even if they came for the, the, the you know the, the the dumpster fire train wreck, I don't know. Yeah, but there has been a lot of. Uh, I'll say this. I, I think Elon Musk stepped in it a little bit when he bought Twitter. I don't think he really thought it through. There's been some, I don't think his leadership has been great. He's been firing people. He went on Twitter just yesterday or the day before and basically said, someone yeah. someone, someone was complaining about it being slow on Android. Mm-hmm. The Android developer who works at Twitter said, hey, dude, here's what's going on. Here's why it's slow. This is what we're doing. It's not technically slow. It's for this and this reason. And Elon Musk fired him. Like, cool. Guess what? Don't- because he explained it or because he didn't like his answer? Because he basically showed him up on Twitter saying, hey, guy, this is why it's slow. And he gave it. I didn't see anything offensive in there. But until someone said, hey, man, you shouldn't be showing up your boss like this. And, and the guy responded with like, well, maybe my boss should have put this in an internal Slack or email. Mm. And that's when Elon Musk mm. fired him. Elon Musk fired a woman, I think, today for, for tweeting something at him uh, uh, in the company that I read uh yeah what was what was what were they talking about something about i think it was something about advertising and and she said something and i think this particular employee at this point knew what was going to happen when she tweeted and still tweeted it and he's like cool yeah you're and does he reply uh publicly with the with the firing oh yeah yes lol this person was fired and he just i just don't think he necessarily seems to be the best manager for this type of company (laughs) The dude's the dude is a visionary. I, I have a lot of respect for Elon Musk with SpaceX and PayPal and the Boring Company and Tesla. Like, I I just don't think Twitter is necessarily the best place for him. <laughs> All but right. we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. I'm not going away from Twitter because it's fun to watch the the dumpster fire. Like, I, I'm going to sit and giggle and laugh and as even though I'm not a boomer, as boomer ish as this sounds. I get frustrated with Twitter as I do with Gmail in the ways in which they thread and put things together where I get turned oh. around and get lost sometimes. And it's frustrating because <laughs> I don't consider myself an idiot. Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an idiot when it comes to. Do you turn off the conversation in Gmail too? <laughs> I'm not an idiot, but I get really frustrated in. And, and I often. I can't tell you how much effing time I spend on Twitter trying to find out who replied to what. Like I see a reply and I'm like, are they replying? Who are they replying to? And what was that in reference to? And then hunting it down. It's just, it's really frustrating for me. Sure. Am I alone in that? Does that make sense? Uh, it does. Yeah. I don't know. It's um, yeah, yeah. silly. Right. Uh, Frederico, good to hear you. Hey, hey Frederico <laughs> Sorensen. Good morning. Uh, good to see you live again. Uh, uh, well, Ray- not that you weren't live, but <laughs> glad you're alive, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Ray Zerhausen was asking about the FTX scandal. Um, that is in regards to cryptocurrency. I don't know a ton about it. I know that this guy, he was like a wonder kid kind of thing, started up a, a, a trading company of some sort with some tokens and got a bunch of money, misspent the money somehow, quote unquote, like I think it's just literally said like the accidentally burned through it with nine Lamborghinis. The, the, the accounts were mislabeled or something. The bank accounts are mislabeled. And I think he spent customer money somehow. I, I don't know exactly. I haven't done a ton of research into it because it didn't, I, it doesn't affect me in general. I don't have anything in FTX, but he spent a lot of money on um, 
campaigns for the Democratic Party, as well as a little bit for the Republicans, but I think a lot for the Democratic Party. So people are wondering if there's some sort of insider trading or what. And then suddenly, like after this whole thing breaks and it turns out the guy, you know, you know, people lost millions of dollars. They stopped letting people withdraw money from it. Ouch. And instead, like there was some uh, weird workaround. I read that with people were buying NFTs from somewhere, some island where where it's it's legal um, to, to with. And so you're finding ways. And then he gets on an airplane and he flies to more or less like somewhere on vacation. So I don't know. Never be seen or maybe yeah. never be seen again somewhere in. South America or the Caribbean or something, but I, I'll have to look into it a little bit more. It's it's a it's an interesting story, and it's still it's still they're still finding it. They're still yeah, finding and, things and out. Clearly, it's no shock or surprise that as we become and continue to get more and more digital and more and more of these advancements, that's just that much more of a challenge and excitement for all of the hackers and the thieves. Oh and the, yeah. And everyone else that's going to be out there to scam the next person. I mean, there's, you know, that that's unfortunately inevitable. I talked about it last week that I, I had a little ACH uh, issue on my bank account. Yeah. You told me I, that. it's still like messy and it's because I've said this multiple times now that I've been very patient, even though I was hacked in some capacity mm-hmm. to my actual bank account. I've been very patient and understanding and calm about all of this. And it just continues to just drag on and on and on and be more and more difficult with every passing day. Damn it. If I want to buy 150 bags of beef jerky, no credit card company should be stopping <laughs> me. I don't care what that looks like. I need my double G jerky. So uh, I think I might finally be on the tail end of, end of it, but it has been a uh, a long couple of weeks here dealing with some of that fraud. And that's just boring old regular banking uh, and regular transactions. That's not even anything fancy yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, and Galactic says, if you didn't think there was or is tons of risk in crypto, then you deserve whatever you get. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Of course. There, we, you, Terry, we talked about my the, the little bit of crypto that I own, like the quarter Bitcoin or whatever it is that I bought years and years ago, and how it's more or less a gamble. That's yeah, that, that's what you have to look at. It. And, and I, I see a lot of people really tweeting at Ricky about his Bitcoin bonus bonus that he got and how much it's worth now and him kind of snapping back. It's like, well, it's down. So I guess that means I should buy more now. And like, that's fine. I mean, I know a lot of people look at it, look down on it. I don't particularly. I think that there's not there's not much difference in whether he would have taken that $250,000 and put it in the stock market which is a gamble as well. If you would have picked picked a particular stock mm-hmm. or whatever, because we saw, you know, when he got that in the in the beginning of the year, stocks were way up and then they went way down. He maybe lost an extra thirty percent being in Bitcoin, but again, it's it's a it's a gamble. I mean, what 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 are you going to do when you have the money that Ricky now has? I mean, he's making a million dollars a year mm-hmm. it, plus whatever else he's getting on the side we don't know you know the two hundred fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money but it, it's considered it's yeah. it's an investment gone bad and it's not even completely bad yet i mean in yeah. in two to three years that could turn around and be worth twice what it was i don't know i'm i'm not about to like get down yeah, on write the, it off one way or write another, it off yeah. one way or the other i'm not gonna I'm, I'm not about to get down on ricky for that let let the guy gamble his money the way he wants i mean it was we, called a bonus right yeah in the first place yeah we all we all do you know some people buy a ton of credit or baseball cards 
Some people buy whatever, hoping it. it yeah, how's your beanie baby collection? Yeah, how's your beanie you baby know? collection? You know, <laughs> yeah. things like that. I, it's just whatever. Some it it's unfortunate. Some of us bought hundreds, hundreds of USDGC champion rocks that went for silly amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Did not sell them. Holds on to hundreds of USDGC rocks and uh, would now maybe get on lots of them, get maybe the the initial $25 face value, uh, face so to value speak, that they MSRP. were bought for. I don't know a guy that would do that, but... <laughs> um, I know and, a hoarder and, who might. You can't... You, I mean, if, if you're in it for the long haul, and again, it depends on your objective and it depends on your needs and, and all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I bought those discs. I... Uh, Specifically, USDGC rocks, they very much peaked and very much went for a ton of money uh, throughout the years that they were offered. I held on to 95% of them, and now they're not worth nearly as much. Like I said, I would hope I could always get face value for them, probably, because it was 25 maybe $35. And some of them are still worth, you know, 50 or 75 or 100 or a couple hundred, but they're not collectively they're not all what they were worth in their peak of selling but i didn't want to sell them and i i'm okay with that i mean that's just Mm -hmm. that's all part of the game clearly speaking of uh you know we were talking about earlier we were talking about the wraparound season and you guys were talking about sponsors and whatnot does does the wraparound now that we have two events done uh did paul get the same, yeah, probably the same amount of points as, uh, as yeah. yeah, okay. But anyway, now that two events are done and now 2022 is done, does that mean there's there's no more variants that can even take place on the Pro Tour? Like, is every single event for sure now set in stone on the schedule? Because it feels like if you add or take away events, mm. that kind of, it doesn't quite move goalposts, but it does. I think the elite events are set. I don't think there's going to be any. Now, if you if they wanted to add a single silver event, I don't think it really matters. Because okay. you take you take the best, I think this year's three silver events out of how many there are. So if there's six versus seven, does that really matter? Pro- Somebody pro- somewhere does. It might, but probably not. I, I don't think it really matters that much. My question to you is, do these silver events matter? These wraparound events, or are we all just going to kind of forget about them? I, I mean, I feel like obviously they'll go they'll go untalked about for two straight months until yeah. we get to Vegas, and then it's like, oh yeah, that's right. You know, Paul's already got points. You know, and mm-hmm. I, I just uh, Maria Oliva already has points. Mm-hmm. They'll quickly get overshadowed because you're going to have because the know, next a event few elite series events that are gonna, yeah that are going to very much overshadow just the point earnings. So for that Matt, for that reason, um, yeah, that that that's a good. And then and then does is there an advantage to being a, a points champion still at the end of the year? Is that just still proving a consistency over a number of all these events? Um, you know, if we have more or less tournaments that are taking place, I don't know. Those are all uh, potential questions. I think. Yeah, the, yeah. These these silver events, I feel, um, it just feels like they're going to get overshadowed like no one's gonna even remember them except for like oh yeah how does paul have points already like 
depending on well, let's just sure. say let's just say he takes third or something at at Las Vegas. Everyone's like, wait, he already has he's already yeah, he's already leading it. Then. Like, how does that work? And then it's like, oh yeah, those events that were whatever. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with them. I just feel like they're going to be like they, they just don't matter. It almost feels like, and maybe they'll maybe they will matter to. Maria well, Oliva. Yeah, they, I think. Yeah, like, I like, think that's exactly it. I think they're going to have a much mm-hmm. bigger impact on Maria's twenty twenty three season than on Paul's. More than likely, yeah. Um, so, um, I hear you on the USDGC rocks, Terry. I've been trouble selling the few that I still have. Yep. Um, again, I'm not necessarily in a hurry to sell them. I'm glad I own them. I didn't clearly. I didn't buy them to flip them. I know plenty of people who who bought. 500 of them over 10 years and sold 499 of them and made good money on them. And that's fine. I, I did not. And I own, if I bought 500, I own 480 of them and I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, clearly I wasn't really in it for, for the money. Ray but, says that uh, this weekend that uh, the DGN mentioned that the stat Mando has a podcast awesome. coming uh, on the, on DGN, which is true. They've been kind of talking about that since, I believe the pro tour finale, maybe they started pushing that slate out on uh, the thing, but yeah, stat Mando. And I'd like to have the guys on from stat Mando at some point, maybe right before their podcast debuts. I don't know when that is, but they are going to have a stat based podcast uh, on the disc golf network. So that's going to be some of the off season content. I have no clue what it's going to be, uh, how it's going to be framed, how it's going to be sold. Other than I heard it's a stat based podcast. Uh, about the disc golf network. I, I can see where that makes sense. Uh, some other stat that we neglected to bring up in the regular show, which is funny that it's just hitting me now, uh, is that uh, two became one. Of course, we're talking about Jules and Jeremy Colling. Congratulations. They got married on Friday the 11th, 11-11-22. Congratulations. Uh, we saw quite a few golfers in attendance that took in the action, even a little blast from the past. Uh, one of the faces that I saw out there, uh, Ken the Tank Franks, uh, oh, was there Ken as Frank, well. Yeah. Haven't, uh, I'm now playing words with friends with him occasionally again. Oh, but uh, I gave up on words with friends so long ago. I know I did. I put it away for year years. Yep. And then busted it back out recently. So and Ken's still playing. And uh, good for him. So anyway, uh, congrats, of course, to uh, Jeremy and Jules this weekend. And upcoming nuptials that we've seen talked about, of course, Kona and Colton getting married, I think, in a few weeks. And then a few months out from now, uh, Valerie Mundahano, along with Mason Ford. I think theirs is January. Oh, they're getting they're getting married this offseason, too? Uh, January. Okay. For yeah, some reason, I thought they were. it was another year out. But no, no okay, it would make sense. I, I believe I've seen some posts that they're... Under 90 days now. and I Good think for them, I those did, young kids. I did kids. the math, and it, I, I think I saw January. So those, congrats to all of them. Those uh, young kids. Or hopefully what will be congrats, yes. Young those, love. Those young kids. Uh, Ronald says, I did the same with McPro AVRs, but I bought more to collect than to turn. I don't think I ever sold one, and I bought a lot of them. In fact, I just saw a black one today, a McPro AVR. <laughs> it's a black one, and it's got the end of a foil on it. And it's in a bag, and it looks beautiful. I have no idea what that actually would go for. I got to assume it's so funny how fickle our fans and collectors really can be. The, what is Terry? You you are more tuned into the collecting scene than than most people. What are one or two discs that have maintained 
their value, we'll say over the last five years. Like, can you think of a disc that it's probably about the same as it was five years ago that it is now? Because it feels like including a little increase or decrease the sure roughly the like same. rough yeah rough, i mean you're the same. I, is that a definition kind of of a blue chip sure stock almost yeah i mean i think your defaults would be your saxon firebirds okay really uh, you know of course we've added a few years you know the the 20s 21s whatever and they they were flooded but your older Firebirds, your whether it's the 15, 16, 17s, whatever, okay. those have, I think, maintained or only gone up uh, for sure. I would say the same probably, although I don't deal with a lot of them. I have some hidden, but I don't, I don't often seek them out. I feel like Proto Star Destroyers still Do they? have maintained their, their general cost and collectability. You're occasionally going to get this crazy one that goes for way more, but I feel like relatively similar price points have maintained on a Proto Star Destroyer. I don't know if you could say the same for sure on the ten year buzzes. Those were kind of a staple of your eighty to one hundred dollars for quite a few years, and I don't know if that's still the case. There's been so many more discraft discs produced in the last couple of years that I don't know if people are still paying that, but I I kind of feel like they are. Um, and then you've seen a lot of your your smaller run at the time. Now they're getting away from it. The smaller run, Crush Boy, uh, Discmania stuff has okay. has just steadily increased. Your Cloudbreaker one, your Cloudbreaker two. Uh, hey, those are destroyers. Anyway, your Cloudbreaker <laughs> ones and twos and so on have I feel like have steadily maintained or gone up. And uh, you know you could probably say. Yeah, I, f- I feel like those are your, your go-tos. The Night Strikes, I think, have been uh, expensive for a while. I'm glad I got a stack of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think about when, when you ask the question, I think about what am I sitting on that people still like? Uh, well, and I, we, we've seen like the four-time claw uh, buzzes and zones kind of maintain. Yeah, the bin I not, have over there. <laughs> if not continue to increase a little. Um, maybe, maybe they peaked and came down a few dollars. There was, there was more hype around them. I feel like a little while ago, but yeah, your four time buzzes and, and, uh, and zones, I feel like are pretty steady at where they're at as well. I still have a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, I, and I'm just thinking in general because I know you. When you and I have talked in the past, I have usually pushed you towards the sign of, hey Terry sell these like whatever they are whatever the hotness is like if it's first run dx coyotes that you happen to have Those a, are hot. A, a, <laughs> bin, a bin of or something mm-hmm. and people want them i'm always like sell them just get rid of a third of them or mm-hmm. half of them and and i understand you have a problem uh, no problems here <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> a problem running out of room <laughs> that's that's your problem a problem with You're, not enough bins so i have 200 more on order um just bins. you you have a problem letting go of discs i do R- regardless of what they are and for me i'm always of the mind of strike while the iron's hot mm-hmm. you don't have to get rid of everything but just try try to turn them for a profit and i know that's not always what you're looking to do which i get um and i was just curious as to if there is a like a, like you said a blue chip disc like the, we'll just say the the Macbeth four claws do we think in five years those will still be 
a general of what they are now within, we'll say, 10 to 15 bucks. Are those going to stay? Is the Proto Destroyer seems like it's not going anywhere. It, it's such a popular disc that sure. it's just going to stay. You know, usually I think the first run buzz, very similar probably. Those are not, you know, those probably still go for 150 for a nice one, maybe more. I don't know these days. Um, maybe a little less surprisingly, but yeah. maybe less now. Yeah, but, but it, not by much, but not by much. You're, you're you know, it's going to everything's going to fluctuate a little bit. You know, again, I think the first run buzz prices were hurt by the four claw stuff like or, or even the 10 year, which surprisingly. Yeah. When the 10 year buzzes came out, surprisingly, I feel like drove down uh, maybe because they say they were similar, but mm-hmm. they drove down a lot of the price of the bar stamps and the first run buzzes. And, and there's certainly a generational thing to it. And, and I always go to the yeah. old standby, which is so true, though, is your eight and nine time KC AVRs and KC rocks. They were. The pinnacle of mm-hmm. what everybody, every good player that was sponsored by Innova had eight and nine time, maybe ten time rocks in their bag. Like you had to have them. That's that's what you had. Yep. And those were if they were pristine, they were they they were averaging right around eighty to a hundred dollars, maybe a little bit more. And now unless you're of that older crowd of collecting or throwing Nobody cares about them. Yeah, and nope. they're not holding their value, and and I, I'll go ahead and say, there's probably a little bit of that with the we'll say with Macbeth, him going to Discraft, and then him having this new line of of buzzes and mm-hmm. a four time, uh, certainly just changed up the market considerably, and. Yeah, you have to wonder if, and I'm not saying I don't. It's not happening. But if Macbeth went to another company next year, and I know he's in a 10-year contract, blah, 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 playing hypothetical here, if he did, would the prices of those four-time discs go down because or of the popularity? <laughs> I, I, I understand. You would think they would go up, but sometimes if all the attention then gets moved to mm-hmm. a new disc at a new company, then that's what – and I, I, think of, I think of that. Like That's why I think one of the best examples, and maybe somebody on the board could tell me, what have the McPro AVRs done? Because they still essentially make that disc. They make a similar disc without his name on it, obviously. Have the value of the McPro AVRs, have they significantly increased or decreased or maintained? Whatever the case is, well, and I, think I feel like that's one really good example. I think it's really funny because we saw a huge spike in the number of people in our sport mm-hmm. over the last two years. So... They've only known Macbeth at Discraft. So the Macbeth discs from Innova. Sure. They, they probably don't Largely, hold. Yeah. They don't hold a lot of uh, weight for them. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about discs going for big amounts, you know, it, it's just. I, 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 I just think like I'm looking at my discs and make sure I sell these. No, <laughs> uh, probably not. I have no, I have no need to sell them party right now. Party disc in there. That, I know the party. That one's valuable. I cannot that sell one that. You could. That one. There's no way I'm flipping that one. I would. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I still have mine, Hannah. Uh, Ryan says the Macbeth four claw stuff will probably just keep going up. Probably, maybe until it doesn't. Until right? it, that's yeah. the beauty of yeah. rolling those dice and and being a collector. Mm-hmm. You just you never. No. Ray says, are you able to get retailer pricing and priority but not have to sell them? That would be awesome. Uh, yeah, Ray. <laughs> That's exactly what I've been doing. And I had this conversation again recently. 
outside of 90s Ontario rocks, which I throw, I don't seek out discs. Almost all of my discs, good, bad, or indifferent, from manufacturers or otherwise, all of my discs, almost all of them, have come from me purchasing them as a as a retailer, purchasing them at a wholesale price, and then just not letting go of them. That's where... Like I don't actively I I don't go to a trade show or a or a swap mart or a fly mart or a swap meet and then go like leave with a stack of discs. I may pick up one or two like something really unique or cool rarely. I don't buy I, I don't know if I've ever bought <laughs> hardly any discs outside of Ontario Rocks for more than yeah. retail. I didn't think if I have. I, I did. Uh, last year, I went to the, the Joliet area workforce brewing swap mart, which I'm going to have a couple tables at this year, next month. And I bought a couple of collector or more valuable discs. A Cloudbreaker 2 comes to mind. I bought that just knowing I have very few of those and or I might put mm-hmm. that with a Cloudbreaker 1 sure. and 3 and then offer it up as a really cool package to somebody. And I needed an extra one. But, yeah. Um, so... I'm I'm very fortunate that all of these that I've bought or own have come and that I just don't let them go. And I could have a lot more money if I would have just let them all go. Some of them, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> mm. uh, I don't know. KC, 11 time KC rocks our money. The 12 time, not so much. That was a big debate back then. I agree. Uh, the 12 time were often more domey and the plastic felt a little different. Eight, nine, and ten time were really sought after, and eleven time were like as it was on its way out. And right now, nobody cares about an eight time rock or a nine time rock or a ten time rock hardly, unless you're of that older guard. Um, there's two things pushing demand: flight and rarity. It's either a thrower or a wall hanger. I disagree. I don't think it's flight or rarity. I think it's it often well, has to do with what names on it. I think rarity probably. I mean that helps. That help, obviously yeah. helps if there's only. X amount of this being released. I, of course, that to some degree will always help. But there's a lot of discs that are just legit throwers that I mm-hmm. I get a box of Frisbees. This one looks super cool, and somebody wants to pay double the normal price for it because it looks cool, and it flies just the same as the other nine that I got in the box. That's To me, that's not flight or even rarity. It just, I mean, it's kind of rarity in that it maybe looks a little cooler, but... That's what's funny about our disc golf collectors. It's none of that. Some people care a lot about how their discs look. I was never that person. And, and some people will take that disc, though, that looks really cool, yeah. and then just go hang it on the wall. Sure. And they paid twice as much for it. I said many years ago, I'm not arguing with you guys. I, that's oh. that's an argument I can't win. <laughs> you just become customers if I ever get around to selling. That's it. just... I think some really good discs have gone by the wayside or been ignored because of bad stamps. Like if stamps, it, branding, lack of branding, yeah. lack of pushing, lack of having a name or a sponsor on it or a, not mm-hmm. a sponsor, a, a tour player on it or, 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 and maybe to follow up your point, or there could be a tour player that puts their name on a disc and it doesn't sell well because the disc itself isn't popular, but the, the person might be, yeah, there's that's, that's a tough that. position to be in. Yeah. There's always that, but, um, yeah, I I just think that there is a a good section of our disc golf community that cares about how the discs look. 
again, I was never that person. I didn't, I, I didn't care. I was the kind of guy that usually bought X outs cause they were cheaper. Yeah. Um, and, and I was cheap, but yeah. Anyway, we're going to get wrapped up here pretty soon, but it says, oh, I just do, got one more question. Do you own over 10,000 discs, Terry? Uh, if you, if you include the answer is yes. If you include like what's truly retail that I don't quote unquote care about, the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. I got a couple thousand just flat out generic retail discs that can be sold on any given day or weekend, sure. And then I've got a lot of discs that I don't actively sell. So I, I, I think the I think the answer is yes. Tim says I have just discs with my artwork and those are hanging up. I understand. Tim, so that's that's what I need. <laughs> I'm calling you out. Or any other uh graphic artist out here, I will pay for a tessellation and I think I, I I think it has to have little bears. Like I I don't want to say gummy bear looking bears, but little bears on it. Yeah, Let's start you, there. you have to be careful because the whole bear tessellation is very very <laughs> Grateful Dead. Oh, tessellation though, even yes, one hundred percent. I I mean I think of the bears or you know the dancing no. bears. But yeah, you're saying even yeah, dancing bears. Yeah, I mean tessellation. I, it, are they a tessellation and I didn't even notice? Uh, maybe maybe they're not. No, I think it's just there's a bunch of them and there's a pattern. But no, I uh, I, I mean, don't think they're a tessellation. If no, I understand no, what no, you're right. They're not. They're not. It's just yeah, the dancing just, bears. Okay, they're just the dancing bears. No, I'm thinking like you're kind of generic gummy bears that somehow. Okay, yeah, something of that nature. That that's what I think I need. That's that's what I think the next stamp needs to be. Something that's stamp and and sh- I don't know about sure, but st- for sure stamp worthy. And I, I, I likely would not do. Uh, no turkey talk. Uh, no, we don't deep fryer turkeys. Neither of us. No. Uh, dancing bears. I wonder who would only made fifty Smashbox D, uh, GBO Truth would go for. Good question. Good question. That's mm. that. That is a. Uh, that's those are a very limited run that you do have, as those are made. All right. Speaking of uh, Smashbox giveaways, Johnny, why don't you cue us up for that so we can wrap this. Bad boy up here. All right. We have a Patreon giveaway and patreon.com slash smashbox TV. You can be eligible to get into our (laughs) weekly giveaway. All you have to do is give a dollar a week. That's it. That's it. Technically a dollar a month, actually, if you want to limit your your spending, your spending. But we prefer a dollar a week. Let's be honest. We all prefer that. Um, There are 155 people eligible for our giveaway this week. And... Oops, not 1,055. 155 people eligible. Terry, we're going to draw a number here. What? We're going to generate a number. Is not necessarily, we're not drawing anything. Mm. So what number do you want to generate today? I would say we generate... Let's go with the first one. Very first number. That very first number is 101. Congratulations to 101. WIXX. 101 WIXX. Local radio station from us growing up. Uh, 101 is Ava Meyer. What? Ava Meyer. 101. Ava. Ava just, she just did an unboxing where she got some goodies uh, from one of her sponsors, and I saw that posted recently. But Ava, uh, I, I I can't say it enough. Thank you for all of your contributions and everything that I know you do. Being a wonderful uh, person in general. Being a wonderful person, but 
also supporting us on Smashbox. That's why we. Really That's why you're even more wonderful. No, uh, but everything you do for for TDs and for TDing yourself and uh, the ambassador that you are for disc golf. Um, hopefully you're sleeping because you probably have school in the morning. <laughs> but uh, you you've been uh, just this glowing. Uh, beam of sunshine and light and everything um, for what you're doing. So we appreciate it. I'm super glad to send something out to you. I think what Ava might have to get, I like this idea where I'm going with it. She might have to get one of the new recently released Disc Golf Guy hats. Ooh. I do have a few left over and uh, brought some to Phoenix. We had some this weekend. Uh, some were sold and, and whatnot, but uh, I'd love to... Get, we get a nice disc golf guy hat off to Ava. Uh, so please write that in. <laughs> put hat in there so I remember. I'm gonna. I'm gonna in put the that. email. D D G guy hat. There you go, Terry. Now perfect. Sent to Terry Miller. Perfect. Uh, Frederico, they are. We talked about it much earlier when you were still sleeping, man. Uh, about the Patreon discs and how we're just doubling up. And now going to give you back to back years all in one. Yep. Twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two's discs will be there because remember we had an issue with the twenty twenty one discs in that they put the wrong date on them and so we had to reorder them and then we figured it was kind of late we would just be able to ship them together and save ourselves a little bit of cash in shipping. So if you're if you're a twenty twenty one person and you're listening to this and you didn't get a disc, you'll get one. You're if you're a twenty twenty two person. And you're not a 2021 person, you'll get one of them. If you've been a sponsor for 2021 and 22, you'll get both discs. We love it. All right. Holy cow. Let's finish this up right on the dot of three hours. Holy cow. What timing it's been. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us and uh, following along, playing with us for now over eight years here at Smashbox TV. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. And 429 next, next week's 430 and at the rest of the off season. So we're going to close it out. Thank you for your support. Thank you for playing along in the chat and uh, just all around being out here and engaging with us. Uh, we do not take it lightly. We don't take it for granted. Uh, as silly and stupid as we might be, we don't do that. For Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. That's Smashbox TV's podcast, 429's After Show. We'll see you next week when you step inside the Smashbox. <laughs>